0: awesome testimonies about how to walk out true intimacy with a loving father who pursues his kids oh man sounds like a good time if you want to check out the show lovereality.org slash podcasts and look for the worthy of everything show are we starting the podcast
1: now oh we've been on the podcast my brother (laughs) (laughs) yo welcome to the death to life podcast My name is Richard Young, and I'm pumped that you're here. Today's episode is an interview with my sister, Lauren Fogg. And as I'm thinking about this, I need to look at the lineup. Lauren has been my my friend, my sister, probably just about as long as anyone who's been on this podcast, probably almost 20 years, and uh, we went to college together. We became uh, pretty tight when we worked together uh, in an academy setting, but she has been walking with God for years and years and years, and yet there is something different about her. There is something new about her. Uh, God's love has been revealed in a very special way to her. And we talk about that and it's almost just a conversation between, uh, family. So I'm excited for you to hear, uh, the freedom in her voice to hear, uh, about the truth that has just been changing her life and just, uh, transforming her. So, um, looking forward for you to hear that want to give a plug to the love reality tour. They are rolling out something really awesome coming up. And I think about a month and uh, around Valentine's day. And you'll hear more about it. If you uh, want to see promos for it, um, it's on my Instagram page. Um, but it is really exciting. Um, all the stuff that we talk about. I know people have been asking me, where can I find out more about this? Where can, if I'm, I'm really interested, where can I find out more? Well, this is where you'll be able to find more. So um, excited for that! Excited for you to hear this podcast. Uh, buckle up, strap in. Appreciate y'all. Love y'all.
0: Yo, Richard, are you about to do the podcast? I'm so-
2: So, the price yeah, it's paid for. Oh, my God, it's the life I was made for. We do it, Major. We do it, Major. On my soul, check the price that's yeah, paid for. Oh, my God, this the life I was made for. We do it, Major. We do it, Major. Yeah. yeah uh, off
3: the chains, we bounce. god like you have called us to be free um you have made us free and whatever people's stories look like um i know mine was very different and you have um spoke power over me for so long and just truth and you've been so good um uh, but this is better so i feel like um I just claim uh, Jesus' power over their hearts, that you'll plant seeds and that those that have been planted in people that have been like me, that have been walking and ministering, um, that you would remove pride, that you would break down those um, chains that might be holding them to the old way, which was glorious. It was fine. Well, this is better so i just pray that you would um speak and be clear in this um direct us in our questions and our thoughts you do that like all the time so i just thank you because this this is going to be awesome we love you amen so <laughs> just a little video already but
1: so what's better
3: what's better now
4: yeah
3: oh like Thanksgiving, um, we went for this hike that was supposed huh. to be like a tame hike. Um, you know, like I've heard of horrible hikes in, in Hawaii. And so um, it was Tyler, did I say Christopher already? Huh. I feel like I no. said Christopher. Anyway, Tyler Morgan, me, Nicholas, Katie, and my dad, because my mom was injured in the house. So we're going to go on this hike. I didn't want to be the old lady staying with my mom, though I wanted to be the old lady staying with my mom. Um, but I also really like nature, you know, especially like flat mm-hmm. paths. So um, it was kind of wet and rainy and we're going to the hike because it's supposed to be, you know, 15 minutes. That's my great workout, whatever. So we start and there's like multiple path entrances and we get to one that's definitely, um, it wasn't the one we were supposed to be on, but we didn't know till half and so um i don't even yeah so we're like climbing we get to this one point where we're literally like rock climbing without harnesses or anything and i Mm -hmm. have like i have this like crazy neck thing going on where like it's been gradually getting worse and i have vertigo and all this plus i'm a little scared of heights i'm weird Mm -hmm. and i'm scared of them but if i'm strapped into something then i'm fine Mm
4: -hmm. so i have gone
3: skydiving (laughs) uh But yeah, if I'm like on a really tall, like those stairs that don't have the backrest, like those freak me out. Um, Anyway, so we're like climbing and I'm like, I'm not going to not keep up with everyone around me. Like I'm going to keep up with them because I don't Mm want to be behind. I don't want to be like behind or whatever. So everyone's going, I'm kind of in the front and I'm like powering and my vision's going blurry and I like can't see. And I was like, no, just keep going. You're fine. My dad's like, Lauren, if you're going to faint, like let's not, because we're climbing with like a shoelace rope. And I was like, no, I, can't. so finally I let everyone pass me. Um, once again, I'm in this situation where I am not able to keep up with those around me and I'm not able to like, like where life is like showing me that I'm like, yeah, that I'm less than or behind the rest hmm. that I'm not good enough or whatever. So I sit down on this rock and I'm like, okay, trying to get my vision bearing. And I'm like, okay, there's a lie that I'm believing and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to correct it and all this stuff. And I'm sitting there and um, I'm like crying because I'm frustrated. And my dad's like with me and everyone else is going to the top. They're all, they're all like, God, I'll figure it out. Like he'll talk her through this, whatever. What's, I don't know what they're thinking, but, you know, so I'm like sitting there and I was like, God, what is wrong? And he's like, what are you trying to prove by climbing this mountain? And I was like, mm. I don't want to be less than everyone else. And he was like, who told you that you're less than everybody? And I was like, um, no one. And he's like, at what point of this climb would you be better? At the bottom, in the middle, or at the top? And I was like, I could have stayed
4: at the bottom.
3: <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you could have stayed at the and you would have been fine. You don't have to like achieve this anymore. And like the night before we had been at, or a couple nights before we had been at a worship. And one of the lines that stood out was um, how we pray to God shows us how we think he sees us. Hmm. And um, I was like, I pray still, I still pray to God. like like there's still more to be fixed about me and that yeah. he wants to keep fixing it. And so I was like, you there's, there's nothing wrong. I could be at the bottom and I'm fine with you. He's like, yeah, like you still are talking to me. Like I see you as something to be fixed and you know, that's not true. That's not how I see you. Yeah. And I was like, oh. that's when it, uh, like it was, Multiple times that he had to tell me that, that was the most recent time. And I, um, it was, I think the first time that I got it in the last year. So it's not like there's a day like Lauren, when were you set free? There was a time that, Mm. um, you and your family, you guys were at Alyssa and Johnny's and we're all Mm -hmm. hanging out. Um, and I was like, I don't get what's different. Like, because Mm. God and I have walked together for a long time. He's been so good. And I don't get what's different and we're talking, we're talking. And then there was something I kept having, remember, I was like, I need a brain break. I don't get it. I need to just like, <laughs> I need to figure this out. And, um, there was one thing that you said that I was like, okay, I need a brain break because I need to like, what that, that I think is a key. And you said something about like how maybe nothing, nothing has changed in like how God is, but like your perspective is like you are looking at life as a sinner who God needed to that you were going to work together and God was going to like change that. And now hmm. you look at God, you look to God in life as a righteous person. So the way I've re that I've worded it is that I used to look at myself like I was a sinner that God was saving or had saved. And now I look at myself as a righteous person that God has saved.
4: Hmm.
3: And that phrase has been what God has like kept that has like changed. Cause that's like, that's it's crazy because nothing, I mean, it's still like he has saved you, but it's like that perspective shift of like, I'm a sinner that God has saved shows I'm in debt to him. I need to pay him back. I'm a work in progress. I'm all of these things that still like manifest in this crazy cycle of a Christian walk. That's really like not very fun. It has its moments of awesomeness, but it's, you know, and I would love like, yeah.
1: I was talking to somebody about how do we talk to people about this and show Mm -hmm. them through the Bible? And he's like, well, first of all, like you have to give them the correct lens to look at the Bible. And so what we're doing is we're saying, like, that's the wrong lens, bro. Like, look at it through this lens. And the other night we were on a Zoom call. And I know that somebody has a blurry lens when I ask them this question. It's the question I ask all the time. Are you the righteousness of God in Christ? And... The girl was like, Yeah. And she she gave the yes that's like, maybe. Like that yeah. was her yes.
3: I think this is what you want me to say. Uh, yeah.
1: Like, what's the right answer? And then we started going in on it. And I think in our faith tradition, I can't speak of any other faith traditions, but in our faith tradition. the lens is not you are the righteousness of God in Christ. The lens has been that's your legal standing, but that's not who you actually are. So keep on working so that you match up your legal standing with who you actually are. And you, I, man, I remember this phone, the phone conversation, uh, conversation with you at a basketball tournament or a soccer tournament. I don't know which we, we were at. And it was after church. And we were about to go out to eat and we were all walking to this van. And mm. I was like, No, Lauren, you're, you're righteous. Your righteousness has nothing to do with anything that you've done. And you were giving me the same kind of answer. You were giving me the, yeah, the, the <laughs> I know that's the right answer, but the way he's saying it, I'm not sure if I like the way he's saying it kind of thing. Like the way he's saying it, that's not what we've typically believed. And so what was the unlearning that you had to, what did you have to unlearn in order for this freedom to really take root?
3: Um, the unlearning, I think there's been a couple of things that God has shown in like the last, man, it's, it's crazy. Like how many things, um, one of the things that I used to teach, cause like I was a theology major, you know, I went, I've been deaning for, I don't even know, 12 years, um, preaching, like I've preached in multiple countries. I don't know why I get really nervous when I'm talking. Like I get shaky and cold, even when I'm one-on-one, like right now I'm like freezing and my hands are clammy, even though it's just you (laughs) and me like talking on the phone. I'm like, I'm very aware that people are going to be listening to this. And I get like really shivery and whatever, but like I preached Mm -hmm. and I've taught Bible classes and all this stuff. Right. And for years, what I've taught that I need to like unlearn is the fact that like um, it's from Zechariah, Zechariah three has, um, you know, this representation, like Joshua being brought before God and how he's not worthy and, um, like he's being accused and then they give him this robe and he says, no, he's clean. And they put this robe on him and present him before God. And I said, and I would teach. And I believed that when God looks at me, he sees Jesus in front of me. So he doesn't see my nastiness. He sees Jesus and what Jesus has done. And it's like, I'm covered with Jesus instead of being one with Jesus.
4: Hmm. So like
3: yesterday I had a conversation with someone and I was like, given this new picture of what it looked like, which I've been giving multiple pictures of it, but it's like, um, when he looks at me, he's looking at me and Jesus together. And throughout my life I was like okay God's like making me into the person that he sees into Jesus like I'm reflecting and I'm mirroring and that's who I'm seeing and looking at And so I'm gradually changing so like picture uh like a block of clay that you're forming you know I was using all of that like we're being formed into Jesus righteousness and with this new perspective of like we are the righteousness of God like we were crucified with Christ and we were resurrected with him into a new life and the old has been done away with and the new has come like what we are is like Christ in us and so anything that god is showing us is just like something that we keep trying to put on ourselves so hmm. like adam and eve as soon as they recognized that they were that they were naked they immediately hid and covered themselves because they were ashamed and they had something to hide but Hmm. we're in this new, like we are good. Like God has made us good through what Jesus did. And so now we are good. And yet we keep trying to cover ourselves up and tell ourselves that we're not. And like G and started like in the garden, God said, who told you that you were naked. Hmm. And then it keeps going. Like who told like, to the woman caught in adultery, who who's going to accuse you? Like, who's going to put this on you? Cause I'm not like, get up and go like, go go sin no more. So when I was talking the other day, I was like, oh, this is the new illustration. It's not put on Christ because he's already um he works in and through and by. I forget what chapter um it was, but I was looking at all the I know, those like adverbs. I don't know. But like you know, in, through, by, mm-hmm. between, beside, whatever. I was looking at this this text and that's all these things where Jesus like, and I was like, Oh my goodness. he's literally everywhere. Like how cool. Um, and how we're abiding in him as he is in the father. And I was like, this is a picture. We keep trying to like cover ourselves with these or like our whole lives. We cover ourselves with these, these scales or pieces of like, I mean, if we're talking about fig leaves from Adam and Eve, we've like pasted them on. And some of them are stuck on real hard, but our identity is below. And now my new walk with God has been him peeling back these pieces, you know, peeling off and revealing like who I am um, and who he created me to be. And someone that I talked to the other day, um, we just asked God, like, uh, I could see that there was this challenge of like feeling like, like God was um, that like suffering was there because God wasn't pleased. I said, let's ask him, like, is he pleased with you? Like, how does he see you? Cause we're putting this on ourselves, but like, how mm-hmm. does he see you? And he told, you know, said right away, I am pleased with you and I love you. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what I see you. And then listed off a thing, all these things that, you know, we see in other people, like, you know, you're kind, you're generous, you look for the good. Um, but literally those things that he instills in us are, that's what he sees and more. And so my newness has been like just a perspective shift. Instead of me trying to put Jesus on, it's me trying to peel off (laughs) the lies, peel off the fig leaves that I've been trying to put on myself to cover something that doesn't, he's already covered.
1: So when the prodigal comes home, it's like, how, what did he do to change his life? in order for the father to give him the ring and kill the fatted calf and put him and give him the robe of righteousness. Like what did he do? do? Yeah. From the front gate before the party started, before he got the ring and before he got the robe, what did he do to deserve those things? I'm talking about from the gate to the party.
3: Nothing. Nothing. Nothing from the gate. Yeah. Yeah. The sun just went home.
1: (sighs) Yet we're like, that's a dope robe. Let me earn it right quick. Yeah. That's a cool ring. I don't, I can't wear it just yet. And it's the ultimate pride. Hmm. It's the ultimate pride because you think you could do it you think you could actually earn that robe. You think like, I am going to follow this or do this so much that that ring, like he should give me the ring.
4: Hmm.
1: I'm never going to eat meat (laughs) or I'm never going to drink whatever I'm going to do. And God's just like, here's your robe, like put it on.
4: Like, yeah. put it and I on. Think,
3: um something that you said in your last podcast with um zach he you talked about like how um it was like in parenting and you said like um you don't like if you're if your kids come to you and they're scared or they feel like they have to show that they've changed before they apologize like that that's crazy you said something about like your kids if they're scared to come to you unless they fix something like, Oh, I've made it better. Like that's not how you would expect your kids to come. Like it's good. Do you remember Morrison. saying something like that?
1: No, I don't, but that sounds great. Okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it was something to that effect. And it immediately made me think of when I was in high school, um, I was driving, we have this big old conversion van. Cause you know, the Morrisons, it's a big old family. Um, we still didn't fit on the seats. People always sat on the floor, but like, um, I remember, driving my friends to the movie theater <laughs> and the um we were a little late and all of the i didn't have a lot of experience driving so like all of the parking spaces in the lot were closed so we had to go around the back to the um overflow parking that was in the back by the fairgrounds so you know because yeah. hutchinson yes. so yes. i'm pulling in and there's a vehicle coming toward me and i'm in this giant van and so i was like oh i need to turn quick because this aisle's too like small for both of us and i turn and all i hear is like a stake that was in the ground scraped the entire side of the van and i was oh. like uh like what happened and i remember the movie was america's sweethearts <laughs> so <you> guys can <laughs> figure it out i remember sitting in that theater the entire time being like they're going to kill me like what am i going to do i'm going to wake up my parents and here i've like like scraped off the wheel well, like ripple scraped the whole like. Oh, mercy. Like, how am I going to tell my parents? Right. So I get home, I go straight to their room and it's dark, they're sleeping. I was like, daddy, (laughs) (laughs) um, I did something bad. And immediately he sits up and he says, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, but I, I wrecked the van. And he was like, what do you mean? And he like, but his first instinct was like, are you okay? And I couldn't oh, fix mercy. it. I honestly don't remember. I mean, I totaled a different van too. Uh, <laughs> I'm a really good driver now. <laughs> My, we learned from experience. That one was way worse for sure. But like the convergent van, the side paneling, like he never brought it up again. He never like, I don't remember hearing about what it costs. He didn't ask me to go back and pay For what it was, even though I'm sure knowing me, I'm sure I begged to like be able to pay and fix this um, or that I was constantly like worried about like, can I fix this? Can I make it up to you? Um, Because that's something like what you were saying about the earning the robe, earning the ring. Like, no, no, no. Let me show you that I'm worthy of this. My perspective um, was let me show you that you didn't make a mistake in giving me this.
4: Hmm.
3: If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Now why is that like, wrong?
3: Um because it became um I think it was rooted in a fear of like not being good enough and needing to prove that I was. And if someone did something for me, then I needed to repay it. Um, so I think it was pride and shame, like, you know, that, that whole spectrum.
1: No. And this is Romans five. This is when you turn a gift into a debt. It's not a gift yeah, anymore. So, it's now a debt. And yeah, it the debt, you can ride with it at first, but the debt turns into resentment.
4: You're Oh, just like, for
3: sure. Oh, let me tell you about the resentment. Okay. I'm ready. So I I was like, um, I love God. He is so good to me. Um, and there was multiple times where I was like, um, like I need to serve him because of how good he is. Like I need to do everything that I can for him. And, um, you know, he is putting love in me um, over, uh, fear. Um, and there's, there's so many stories, but I'm just gonna go with the one that resentment. So I right out of college, I, I mean, I should tell how I ended up in theology because that's like the coolest God story ever, but right out of college, um, I ended up at a boarding school with one of my best friends and I didn't want to be a pastor like at all. Um, I just, <laughs> Still don't, but um, I kind of am just a bunch of teenage girls, but um, I wanted to work with high schoolers. And so I got a job with my friend and I was deaning, teaching and chaplain. So I was like, this is perfect because I'm going to see exactly what area is for me. And so um, during that year, I learned very quickly that I hated deaning. Um, <laughs> I didn't like girls knocking on my door. I didn't like. Um, like, I'm, I mean, I'm an introvert, so, um, taking care of people was never really my jam. Um, cause I took care of myself. I'm a very like, like, you know,
0: mm. I love being
3: by myself. So, um, yeah. So then the next year I was like, okay, I want to either teach. That was my favorite. I wanted to teach or I wanted to chaplain. And so they wanted me to stay another year. And I was like, no, I'm going to go find a full-time teaching job, which for female Bible teachers at our academies. is a little tough, but, um, I ended up getting a job here, like at Maplewood. This was like 2009. I got a job here and I was still teaching and deaning, but I wasn't chaplaining. So I'd already lost one of the two things that I liked. Um, but like, at least I was doing more, you know, teaching or whatever. So I'm here deaning. Hated it. (laughs) Like, Alyssa will remember there was one Saturday night you know how we kind of get a break some Saturday nights like they go Mm -hmm. to their activity and we have like an hour or two until they come back so Mm -hmm. I went home and I'm with my parents they're watching a family movie and I get the text saying the buses are headed back and I was like (laughs) and I just started sobbing and Alyssa was like I hate it so much don't do it and I was like but God asked me to and I'm (laughs) sobbing Um, and so that year ends and I'm like no I want to teach Bible like I just love teaching And so I um, was looking for another job. And the only thing that came available was um, a chaplain job out in Washington. And this was when Christopher and Carrie were pregnant with Jet. And Mm -hmm. I was like, do you want me to be happy at all? Like, now you're giving me like part of this, but it was still like partly deaning. And it's in Washington, like Mm -hmm. across the country, when I have a new baby, like nephew, because one of my greatest... Roles in life
4: mm-hmm.
3: aside from sharing Jesus is Auntie. <laughs> Auntie so Lola. I was like, Yeah, Auntie Lala. I was like, I don't, I don't want to go. And I was standing right over there at those windows. I was looking, I was sewing, and I was like, like, God, I don't want to go. Like, mm. how mad will you be if I don't go? Mm. And he was like, You can choose. And at the same time, I was having all these conversations with people about like. What our life looks like. Does God have a specific path for us or do we have something that we get to choose? And for me, I didn't get to choose because Hmm. I owed him everything. Like I had to do whatever he asked, whether I was happy with it or not. And I didn't go to Washington. I felt like in that moment, God was like, You get to choose. Like I can use you anywhere. And so I stayed here and I worked at a coffee shop. Okay. So then after that year, I'm like, falling into auntie Lala mode and whatever. Um, I started applying for teaching jobs again the next year and everyone, like everyone is locked down, whatever. Mm -hmm. The only jobs that people keep pursuing me for like coming to me for are Dean jobs. Hmm. And I was like, okay, great. Like this is clearly the path At the time I had been reading this devotional that was talking about like how the the people of Israel um, in the wilderness, it was not just like a discipline thing, but it was a time for them to learn who they were with Jesus and whatever. And I was like, okay, like we need those times of learning. So if he wants me to Dean, there's something good in it for me. I'm going to learn it as fast as I freaking can. (laughs) So I can do something that actually makes me happy. (laughs) Is that weird?
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's funny you're making these deals with God I'll, I'll figure it out so yeah. you, you let me do something else
3: yeah so I was like God if you want this for me it must be for my good so I'm definitely trusting and walking with God but like definitely doing it out of like I owe him and I just want to make him happy um because if I don't make him happy he might leave me or re like realize that he didn't want to give me the robe if we're going back to that story um so I go out to California and within four days, that 10 month internship task force job that I uh-huh. thought was going to be 10 months. Like, let me learn this quick. I'm going to have a 10 month wilderness um, becomes a full-time job. Cause the head Dean decides to leave the one who hired me, their assistant Dean becomes the associate and, or the head Dean. And then I become the assistant. And I was like, all right, so clearly you wanted me out West super far from my family You want me to be separated from everyone? I'm just going to continue to learn and do my best. Um, And I make this sound really bad, but like I really did want to please God and I really was walking with Him. Like it's never been a burden to me to spend time with Mm -hmm. God. Like I love Him so much. And He Mm -hmm. has like revealed His love for me so much. It's just Mm -hmm. I realized like um, there was a moment several years into every year I was like, can I leave now? Can I leave Mm -hmm. now? Can I Mm -hmm. be done now? Um, Every year. And I remember a girl from my first school that I worked at, she was out in California and she's like, you Dean out here, like I'm 20 minutes away. Let's meet. Or she had a wedding on campus or something. And so we're hanging out and I'm like talking with her. I'm so excited to see her. And she was like, I wish you were this nice when you were my Dean. (laughs) I was like, me too. For real. She would like knock on my door. And it wasn't her. I just didn't want to be like, be like bothered. I would want my introvert time and I would run through my sweet bathroom into the other room that I'd rarely used so that I wouldn't be home. And I wasn't lying that I wasn't in the room, that they were knocking on. <laughs> Terrible. Oh. So yeah, um, I remember calling my dad after another year and I was putting in my letter of intent to keep deaning. And I was like, what? Like, I still like... I know I'm learning and I know this is good. The head Dean, she said my learning curve was higher than anything. Like the way that I was listening to God and following, like I sincerely um, like gave myself for him to just change. And he did like, I, I love deaning. Like there is literally nothing like being with these girls. And when they're gone with this COVID thing, it sucks. Like they're, they're my whatever. Like I love them. They, mm. I think they realize it, but they don't realize how much, because I like invest everything with, with who, like, I don't know. I just love them. And God has like um, honed those skills. I mean, definitely my motive I'm realizing was not great. Like, you know, I was doing it kind of resentfully and I was so angry mm-hmm. thinking he never wanted me to be happy. I hated the verse that said Psalm 37, two or three, where it says like, God wants to give you the desires of your heart. I was like, that's a lie. Um, I'm not married. I don't have kids and I'm still deaning. So, and I can't have a dog. So thanks. <laughs> you really uh, want the desir- desires of my heart. And I'm super far from my family, but like, I'll keep serving you because you know best. And I trust that you do. Um, so yeah, I that resentment was real for sure.
1: It's like we're, because we owe him. Yeah. And- what if What if it wasn't about that? It, I've been thinking about it this way recently. What if there was the God of everything? The one God to rule all the gods. And there was this tragedy and now the whole world is run off with different gods and worshiping different things and doing their different things, going, doing what they want. And he's like, I'm going to bring about a complete transformation of this whole world. And I'm going to do it through a group of people that aren't even here yet. I'm just going to pick this guy and we're going to start with you. Mm -hmm. And bro, you are going to have descendants that are going to be more numerous than the stars. And even though this guy was old, he believed it. And so mm. God's like because you believe this that I'm t- what I'm telling you, you're righteous. And so through this guy's line comes like this king of Israel that's crazy and he's got a lot of screw ups, but God is still in covenant with him even though he's in these and through that the son of God is born to a virgin. He comes, he preaches all of this crazy stuff, and then he dies, forgiving every person who's ever lived of everything they have ever done or ever will do, and then sends his Holy Spirit into his followers. And his followers are all from the lineage of this guy back in the day. They're all Jews to the last one. And He tells them to go out and preach it to people that aren't Jews. And so this one guy in particular starts preaching it to Gentiles, sinners. And he starts saying that you're going to be grafted into this covenant and you're going to be in covenant with the God of everything. If you believe that this guy from about 30 years ago, if you believed that, if you believe that he was actually God and man, that you get to be in covenant. And so people started believing it and they became in covenant with the God that created everything. Hmm. And now, because you and I believe it, we get to be grafted into this group of people. And now, even though we're not Jews and now most people that believe in Jesus aren't, they are now in covenant with the God of all gods that created everything. And because we're in covenant with him, our original value, purpose, and destiny to be his image and his counsel walking on earth, now that's true about us. So we are actually God's representatives. We're his image bearers. We're in covenant with him And it's a privilege to carry this authority that we carry. So we have all of this. It's not we're trying to convince God to do right by us. He has given us authority. It's his pleasure to give us his his authority. He is now living in us and we have this crazy union with him. And we're walking around on earth. As his divine counsel. That sounds a little bit different than trying to convince him. To do something that we can be happy in a moment for. Mm. It's like. I don't know. I just. Preach for like 10 minutes, but. (laughs)
4: Like
1: I'm an image bearer. I'm his representative. Go ahead.
3: Yeah. So like. I know that we've recorded several times, so I don't know if if this is the time that I talked about like the viewpoint of sinner or yeah. the viewpoint of unrighteous. Okay, that's yeah. this time.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's go back to that because what you're saying, that used to bring me um, a sense of like I better be good then because he did that for me, I better try my best to be worthy of it. So there's some, and I don't know how to explain it except for, okay, let me give you this example. Cause this is one of the ways that God revealed to me yeah. um, that this was a problem that I had.
0: Sure. So I
3: used to say that I had like this super conscience. So it's the Holy spirit. Right. But like I could hear, I heard the Holy Spirit in high school. Um, I've always been like, yeah, like God is easy to hear. Like he speaks to me, like I hear him in my head, even when I don't want to. Um, like in high school, I was screaming and crying in the bathroom, just hating life. And I knew he was there and I didn't want him. And I would tell him to go away, but I could feel his love. And I was like, stop it. Like someone that's trying to hug you when you're pissed, like get off me. Um, like I knew it. And that was in high school. Um, so, I knew God's voice. Um, and there were times, a lot of times in my life where things happened where I questioned if it was God's voice or not. Um, and in the end I had to just be like, no, I heard you. I know that was you. And no one can convince me that that wasn't you. I've walked with you for too long. So, um, I had this like, okay. So I used to say I had this Uber conscience, I think part of it was the Holy Spirit and part of it was this um, this need to prove, prove that his love was not wasted on me. Hmm. So like I, I had a duty to be the things that you're talking about. I didn't see myself like that, though. So if you see yourself still as a sinner that God has covered, you're not worthy of being covered. You need to prove that that sacrifice was worth it. And so if I was walking on the sidewalk and I saw a piece of trash and I walked past it, my mind would say, pick up the trash. Like you're a Christian. You should be taking care of the planet. <laughs> and I would walk all the way down and then turn around and go pick up that trash. And that would prove that I was worth what he just did or what he covered, that I was a good Christian. Um, so fast forward that um, my husband, my husband, uh, the way that we got together was pretty messy and weird because I had been get engaged before. Uh-huh. And, um, on the end of that, as I was like in my pain and hurting, um, Ronnie and I got together and the timing with it was all wrong. Um, and all this stuff. So I was constantly like pulling him back and forth. Like he's such a good guy. Um, and, I just loved like being with him in the down, relaxed time. Like my life was all go, 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 go. But if I was going to relax, I wanted it to be beside him. Mm -hmm. And yet I was still like a mess from everything that had happened before and trying to figure myself out. I mean, I was having panic, panic attacks. And like, this is really when God was like, like, I was worried that I hadn't heard God's voice, um, that God hadn't been speaking to me and all this stuff. So I was pretty rough on Ronnie. Um, and yeah, and even when I, I broke up with him, like the final time and I moved out to California, um, I remember being out there and being like, God, I'm not going to do this again. This whole dating stuff, like, um, I am going to treat people like they are my brothers in Christ. And that includes Ronnie. So if we're going to talk, it's going to be like, I would talk to Richard. It's going to be like, I would talk to anyone And so that means not texting late at night. That means like, if he hits me up, I'm going to treat like, if I feel like pulled into this sort of like unhealthy sort of whatever, until you give me the clear, I'm not going to pursue anything in that Mm -hmm. Avenue. I'm going to like, you know? And so, um, but like, as I was living out in California, people were like, we're going to set you up with so-and-so and and all this. And I was like, I'm not going to like, I'm so happy with God. Like I really was. I was like, if I'm going to get married, I'm not going to start over when I have this awesome guy that I love, Hmm. you know, that God has just said not to, like, if I'm going to be with anyone, like, I would rather be alone than be with someone because we're good. But if I am going to be with someone, it's going to be with Ronnie. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like, gradually, um, our grandpa died within a couple weeks of me moving out to California. And I can't also, there was a really horrible thing that rocked um, me personally. Um, and so I was going through a lot of stuff that I couldn't tell anybody. I could mm-hmm. tell people out there cause they didn't know anyone like uh, my people. And so yeah. there were people out there that I had known for days or weeks and I'm like leaning on them heavily. Um, they became my family, they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I came home for the funeral and all I wanted to do was talk to Ronnie. And I was like, God, like, I don't want to bring him back into this, mm. but he's the only person I want to go tell. So from that, um, like we started to reconnect. Um, and I was very hesitant cause I didn't want to hurt him again. I was very like, okay, God, like, are you giving permission? And like, he kept putting this love in my heart for Ronnie, which was already there, but he kept like encouraging,
4: mm-hmm. um,
3: that the time was right. I had heal or all this stuff. Anyway, so, um, there was a point where I like needed Ronnie out in California. I brought him out there. He was helping me with some big old like fall fest, something that I was organizing that totally stressed me out, some extroverted thing. Um, so he came out and we're hanging out and it's very clear that it's moving from back into this like romantic relationship and uh-huh. it freaked me right out. And when he went home, I totally like, like that just shut it down i stopped talking to him something really horrible happened at work um i was like really like oh man some horrible things have happened dude Mm, but um so i remember like i stopped talking to everybody um while he was here this is the part i want to like focus on while he was here while he was in california we went to this um, the store that had this super sick mirror that people made out of reclaimed wood there were like hundreds of dollars is ridiculous. And he bought me one like as a housewarming gift. And this is when I was like, you don't buy a girl, you know, like he's still trying, like he's still waiting for me. And he's like, I'm going to build you a big one. And like, these are so cool. I want to try to like build one. And I was like, that's cool. So we get home. I totally freak out. Um, I stopped talking to him, texting him. He's texting me back. Um, or he's still texting me, like checking in on me. Are you doing okay? Like, I'm just here. I started working on your mirror tonight. A week, uh, several days later, like, Hey, hope everything's doing okay. I'm praying for you. Like I'm working on your mirror, whatever. And I was like, what a dope. Like I am being like a bee to him, treating him like crap. And he's coming in for round five. Mercy. And making me a gift while I'm doing this to him. And I remember thinking like, man, like, why would he do that? So my best friend got married around that time. And so we're hanging out, um, me and Michelle, we're at Missy's wedding. They're doing like the dress rehearsal or whatever. And Michelle and I are connecting on the balcony of this church and I'm telling her about this. Um, she's like, so what's going on? What's going on with you and Ronnie? And I'm telling her, and she was like, man, that's real love. Like, that's how God loves us. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, well, like he loves us irregardless of how we treat him. Hmm. Like we don't have to, we can be awful, but he's still there. Like he's loyal and he'll take, like when we come to him, he's eager for that relationship because that's how much he values us. And I was like, I have never seen that demonstrated toward me by anyone before. Wow. Except for Ronnie. And for the first time, I was like, he is showing me a way that God loves that I've never seen in anyone. And I, like, I called him. Michelle flew out from that wedding. Like, obviously, Missy and Eves got married and went off to their honeymoon. Michelle left at, like, 2 or 3 in the morning. And I was so excited because I was like, I'm going to marry him. Like, this is it. This is done. I jumped in my car. I almost died halfway through Wisconsin trying to get home he got off work at noon and we got back together and like um, we got engaged like a month or two later um, and got married that summer. And I was it, like, Oh man, this, just because like he was the first person to show me like an a whole aspect of God that I had never seen before that I don't need to like prove that I'm worth him loving me. Like he loves me and he's done all this for me and I don't need to like pay him back. Like, even if I'm being awful, it's okay. Love you.
1: And and this is the lie. You're trying to prove to God that you're worthy of his sacrifice. Mm -hmm. But he's already proved it twice. Number one, he's proved it by creating you in his image. And number two, he proved you were worthy of the sacrifice. By the sacrifice. If you weren't worthy of the sacrifice. It wouldn't have happened. But he proved it. So we're trying to prove that we were worth him doing this. And he's like. I've proved that you are worth doing this. By me doing it. And not only that. I've given you everything. So. Like, what is our response? Well, if we really understand it, if we really understand we're in a covenant, and it's not like, oh, I can lose it today based on my behavior, or I can get him disappointed in me based on my behavior. Like, he's not, he's not a, he's God. He's not like petty like we are. Then we realize how deep this covenant is. And it's like, what did Paul say to the Gentiles when he was talking about this covenant? What was his message to them? He's like, because you're in this covenant, no more sexual immorality, no more idol worship. They're all pagan, right? That's their life. They've got all these idols. They worship all these things. And he's like, that's got to end you can't worship idols and you can't be immoral sexually. And that those things are pretty tied together. And they're like, well, because I'm in this covenant. Yeah. Like some of them mess up and he's just like, Hey, awaken to the righteousness that you have. Like awaken to righteousness. You are righteous. So live righteously. And that's the thing is we have this covenant with the creator of the universe where, and what he did, he freed us from sin and it was death. We've gone from death to life and now we're in life. Now it's a privilege to obey. And I'm not talking about obedience in like this legalistic way. Like it's your privilege to love Ronnie because Mm -hmm. He has sacrificed, laid his life down, did not seek his own. If you are not loving him, it's it's not about Ronnie. It's about you because he laid his life down. So it's God. It's not about God. It's about us misunderstanding how much he's given us with this covenant. And it isn't enough if we're still sinners. It isn't enough if he still left us with our old things that we used to gravitate to. Like, that's the difference. If he didn't change my heart, the gospel wasn't, it's not good enough. Because he just made it so it's tougher now. It's made it He's made it so it's harder for me to keep in line with him. But he didn't do that. He actually also changed my heart, filled me with his spirit. He gave me a heart of flesh instead of a heart of stone. He said, you're a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, the new has come. He changed my nature. He changed what I want. He changed. Mm -hmm. So is it, it's my, it's natural. It's what I long to do to obey.
3: Yeah. And it's not necessarily like a focus on do it's a focus on like Oh, this is what I do because it's a focus on, I am. Mercy. Absolutely. So like for me, that was such a huge shift because I was no longer trying to love better. Like I am love. This is how God loves through me. So this summer, my mom and I were talking quite a bit because this love thing has been something that has wrapped us up. Like if I, if Christ was living in me, this is how I would love. Mm. And then I'm not showing it like I should love this way. Like I see how other people love, you know, um, how certain people like I have a couple of friends that are just like always doing things. There's like those helpers, you know, they're always there like, oh, let me get that for you. And their their immediate thought is to like, ha- let me hold the door open for you or let me jump in and do that like menial task or, Oh, I can bring food for that. Or like, what do you need me to bring? What do you need me to do? Oh, let me help you in the kitchen. Like all this stuff. And I never, that was never my natural inclination to do those things. It was always me seeing them, seeing someone else jump to them and being like, Oh, if God really lived in me, I would have wanted to help like that. And so my mom and I, we were like, if, if God was living in us, then how, how, how do we reconcile these moments. And we talked for like three or four hours on the way back from my grandparent's house. And, um, you know, I was reading the book at the time. Um, if Jesus loves me, why isn't this working? Mm -hmm. And there was a couple chapters that talk about us being a vessel and being one with God and like talking about how, if we are a vessel, um, there's different styles and ways of that. So if Christ is living in me, then you know how, like, God, the Holy Spirit will motivate you or impress you to do something at a moment that you do it,
4: mm-hmm. or
3: like in a moment, they'll be like, grab this, do that. Like, it's God living in us. So, I stopped being ashamed of if I didn't think of something before someone else did it because God worked through them to do it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need me. If He does need me, He's gonna work through me to do it. So, I don't need to be shamed by how I'm not loving like other people. Like there's moments where God is like, man, like she needs help. And I jump up and respond to that. If I don't think it, God didn't need me at that moment. He doesn't need me. That's been a huge thing for me. Like I'm trying to do things for him to prove that I'm worth it. And this COVID thing has been a huge um, change because I no longer had people around to prove and have these sharing moments. Like here's God, he loves you, validating that God can use me. So I have worth to him. Um, and then there was no one here and they're reaching out to other staff members or whatever. And each time I'm like, God, I'm here, I'm willing, I'm calling kids. Like, let me minister to you. Let me prove that I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know, a useful tool, tool in your toolbox. And, um, I remember getting super, I've told you about this before. I remember getting kind of frustrated and like, like really, like it makes me feel like crap that I can't like step in and do this and whatever I'm here. I'm willing, like, let me serve you. And he was like, I don't need you. And I just responded, then, why did you make me?
4: Hmm.
3: Like, if you don't need me, like, what? Like, what am I going to do to prove to you that I'm worth you making me? Sorry, I've been crying a lot lately. (laughs) And his response was that he said, Lauren, your existence makes me happy. What? And I was like, excuse me, like... Breathing like you breathing makes me happy. You chilling at home or walking with your dogs with no one around that makes me happy that you exist. You don't have to do anything. So I've been living and walking at that since, you know, I don't, I think that was like in May. And it's such a privilege because if God moves in me, he says something to me and I act on it. It's who I am. If he doesn't, then, you know, he found someone else or he moved through someone else. It's like so freeing because it's not action based anymore. Like proving who I am to God. It's, it's like, he is in me. It's all like the burdens on him to move and use me. I'm here. I'm chilling, whatever, whenever you need me, I'm here. I'm great. I'm witnessing it. Um, but when I'm not doing anything, I'm still like that valued daughter.
1: I think this is
3: I know my story doesn't make sense to a lot of people. I know, like you think we have all these conversations and you're trying to relate. We've had so many conversations like this where you're like, I don't really get it. No. And then Thanksgiving I was with Tyler and Tyler's like, Lauren, I don't even know your like, I don't get your story. And I was like, Oh, I give up. Okay. Well that's cool.
1: What I'm trying to see is is there a lie? And the reason why you feel the way you do, but you take it to one level too far, in my opinion, you can tell me that I'm wrong, is that you're a slave to righteousness.
4: Oh, like,
3: for, yeah.
1: Your your natural <laughs> inclination, <laughs> your natural inclination is to love. Your natural yeah. inclination. So if if you saw people working in the kitchen and you were just like, good mercy, I'm glad that I don't have to do any of this. And those suckers are in there working. Like you might not be a slave to righteousness, but that's not who you are. You are a slave to righteousness. And whether you believe this or not, your natural inclination is to help. Even though you're like, oh, I don't want to, cause I want to just chill. And I don't want to, I don't have, you're like, how are these people, how do they think of this? And you're getting mad yeah. at yourself But it's your actual natural inclination to serve and to give. But then it goes to this next level. You don't realize that your heart is this awesome thing. And you're like, but I'm not helping. So what does that say about me? It says that you have an awesome heart that he gave you and changed your awesome heart. So thank him that he changed it. And you have no reason to boast. It's he who did it. It's not like... And so it's your natural inclination. Like if you are rude and disrespectful to anyone, you're going against your natural inclination, your natural inclination, because you're a new creature in a new creation is to love them. And when we mess up, we're just like, Oh, that must be who I really am. No, that's not who you really are. That's why you feel bad about it. But you're taking it one level too far and being personal. Go ahead.
3: If this was like Old Testament covenant and like looking to the lamb to come and sacrificing, I'd be, there would be no sheep in Israel. I would be like, <laughs> no, I should have done more. So I need to kill another lamb quick. Like, yeah, like uh I would be, be oh. dwelling in that for sure. Your so one,
1: your family's just like where's where's Blackie? No, not Black. No, Black sheep. <laughs> where's where's Fluffy? I'm like, well, Mama didn't help out in the kitchen today. He gone.
3: <laughs> yeah, Lauren wasn't. Yeah, I think um, I think that you you live out of this natural like the inclination to do good and please God because like I was His from a very young age. And so I wanted to do good. I wanted to like please him and to bring love to people. Uh-huh. Um, but I also believed that I couldn't or that I would hurt them or that I would push them away or I would prove to them that I wasn't um, uh, like, or eventually someone would leave. Um, yeah. So the value in myself, it, I didn't recognize it.
1: So, so.
3: It's crazy because even in that, like if you're living in a Christian walk where you love God and you're serving him and you're having the experience that I had, like I remember thinking because I don't have a defined moment. I've shared so many moments where God like revealed something crazy, you know, like, oh, your existence makes me happy yeah. or like, you know, you're a righteous person that I've covered. You're righteous now. Like that's what I covered and bought for you. You've been raised to a new life, like all these amazing resu- revelations but they've been like spread out through, you know, years. And these aren't the first ones. Like if you're, I had, um, we worked together with um, a friend of mine here. Um, she was my assistant and we would go through these struggles, you know, with the girls and different things. And we would go through these, like, I remember having this conversation with her cause she came to, to Christ at a later age. And she said, one of the, I just I had never like heard it this way before. She said one of the things that I really recognize is the difference between someone who starts walking with God and believes earlier on and someone who comes in later is how much quicker you come into a moment of peace and like God is gonna work this out so while for me, it might take thirty seconds for her, it would take three days hmm. because she was so frantic and worried trying to do it her own way, and like I would do that, but I might. Depending on the situation, it would last much shorter, and I remember her pointing it out and being like man what what a privilege God has given us the more time we walk with him, the quicker you know and so my wa- my life with God was has been so blessed like I mean I would love la- that's all I want to talk about and so like a couple weeks ago, I think I shared this on one of the Vespers, I was like, What is so different because I know God has moved, He has revealed himself to me, like I have a moment where I was like, God is here and wanted to take off my shoes." Like, because I felt like, uh, like just immediately crying, like blown away, like God, like him passing with his back, uh-huh. like kind of Moses sort of. Uh-huh. And like, I had all these moments and I was like, definitely like, I knew who he was, how much he loved me. And I was walking and that. So what's so different. And I had just finished teaching the kids about the sanctuary system. And, um, God was like, this is what was different. You were walking in that daily, keep coming to me, keep sacrificing. This was the model I had set up, but this new way, post-Christ, it's better. You know, Corinthians says, the old way had glory. How much better is the new way? Because now, like, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it except for in that moment, I was like, oh. Like, my life with God, he blessed and walked with me, and I walked with him for, you know, 35 years, but this last year, it's like, I'm free. Like if I'm sitting on the couch, he doesn't need me. I feel no shame. If someone else this summer, Lisa was cooking for the RAs and Mm -hmm. we had had this long day. And then she goes back to her house and she's cooking. I go home and I'm showering and I'm in the shower. And I was like, I didn't think to even ask her if she needed help cooking. Mm -hmm. Like what kind of person? And immediately I was like, no, if God wanted me to help. So he's reminding me now. So I'm going to hurry and get ready. And I text her. I said, do you need any help? And, like, no shame about not thinking of it sooner or not, like, helping her out. Um, and this way is so much better. Like, it, it's, like, literally, I live all on God. Everything is, is Him.
1: The righteousness piece. Like, when did that solidify? Yeah, okay, I can admit it. I am the righteousness of God in Christ.
4: And, um, and What
1: brought you to that?
3: Oh, man, I don't know that there was a specific moment because there was like several in the last couple of years. Um, I think it was like I had to put to death like spiritual pride and pride. I prayed that through with with Tyler. Um, well, because that, that.
1: that's what keeps so many people away. If you don't um, mind.
3: Yeah, like. I think. I always thought that I was very focused on myself. Like you can tell through this story, it's very self focused. Um, and looking at what I can do, how I can make that gift, like that becomes a debt, how I can repay it, how I can prove whether it was self focused because I'm not worth it, whether it was focused on me proving that I am worth it. It was all focused on me. Hmm. Um, and so when Tyler brought me, uh, he's like, Ma'am, what do you think about this? And like, you know, I'm his big sister. I am studying theology. I'm teaching whatever. And that's how I saw it. I'm your big sister. Mm -hmm. He's running this past me. But I also know that there is, um, you know, there's danger in not like only believing what you know to be true Mm -hmm. and not allowing God to open new light. Mm -hmm. And so the way he approached it was totally spirit led, like Lauren, what do you think? And I was like, well, that makes sense. That makes sense with this, this, this. It fits with all of the scripture. And he's like, oh, the more like, cause I know stories and everything just fits with like, oh yeah, God did conquer it. Um, so him and Morgan called me the night, a day, you know, when they're calling and telling everybody <laughs> this good news. I was like, wait, what? So we get on the phone, they tell Ronnie and I, and through this, um, I'm hearing pride. And I was like, yeah, I always tell myself like, I can always hear like Lauren you're so proud prove that you're not proud like prove that prove that you're not selfish prove that whatever so that was something I was fighting against right so in this I was like I can't admit this to Tyler like me and me and God we go into the secret place and we hash out these things I'll do it when we hang up which is still pride it was so funny so I hang up the phone and I was like like I could tell God was like Lauren you wanting to do it by yourself shows that you don't want to admit this to anybody That's pride. And I was like, okay, I'll just do it with Ronnie. (laughs) So Ronnie's with me. And I was like, Ronnie, I need to like, let's put to death that, you know, that this thought that I think I'm proud. So we pray. And in my heart, I like, know that like, I have to, like, it, it needs to be done with Tyler that I'm still in my act of putting it to death, being proud about it. Hmm. It has to be done with my little brother. So I text him. And I know I'm going to be a sobbing mess because that's what happens when God like reveals truth and you let it go.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And I was like, um, so I know I need to put to death pride, but like, I don't want to do it with you, which means I have to do it with you because that is pride. But like, can we just like not be on video? He's like, no, we need to be on video. <laughs> <laughs> so we're on like video. And I was like, okay, So I put to death pride and, um, you know, no longer see that as something that who I am, like through any actions, whether I was speaking or someone would affirm like, Oh man, that message that you preached was so valuable to me. I no longer would be like, fight it down. Like, Oh, that feels good. You're proud. You like this. You're not doing it for God. Like fight it down. Or like, I need to do this to prove like, it was no, it was just that I, that wasn't me anymore. I put it to that. That was old Lauren.
1: It's a nightmare. And then it, it's a yeah. nightmare to realize that there's something new that you haven't understood before. If you're a proud person,
3: it was, it was very frustrating even after that, um, because, because of how I've walked with God and loved Him and served Him, and wanted to know more and more and more and more and more about Him, and because He put me in a position where I was teaching, like, I was mad that He withheld something from me that was this good. Like, why would you have not revealed this to me earlier? um and so that was something i had to like just remember like god is good his timing is good if i needed to wait so that there's this wave of people getting it great fine i have i have it now i believe it now
1: what is it i What is it that you believe that's different? Because that's the thing is people are, they'll say, oh, that's not that different. Or in their pride, they'll say, oh, we've known this. We've known this. Yet they've been living in just not victorious, right? They're living in lies. They're trapped. Yeah. Chains. Chains. Right.
3: The difference is looking, it's what I said at the very beginning, the different, and that was the moment that it solidified for me because it was what you said about my perspective. Like my life hasn't changed that differently because I'm still seeking, loving and living out who God is in me. But my perspective about who I am has changed. I'm not a sinner that he's covered living out of gratitude or a need to prove that I'm worthy. Like I am covered. Like I am righteous because he covered me. So I live out of righteousness now. So everything that I do, I'm not, I don't need to be shamed if I miss something or if I don't do something perfectly. I'm not proud if something does work out that's awesome or I get to witness something. It's a gift. Like all of this is just like, it's kind of crazy because literally for me, it's just the power of positive, like believing the good, um, over like entering into the day thinking I'm bad. I need to like put on something. So if you're thinking like, I can't accomplish something or I need to earn something and that's how you approach a task, like, but it's something that is unconquerable. Like you're not going to, but if you enter the day, like this is the example I've given before. So you're good at basketball. You love basketball, right? So if you see something, someone do something in basketball, you see them perform it and you're like, Oh yeah, I could do that. Mm -hmm. Or like, In high school, you're like, oh, someone did this sick, like dribbling, whatever. Mm -hmm. I can do that. I'm going to learn it. Mm -hmm. Because you know you're athletic and you take easily, like you have the work ethic and all that. So Mm -hmm. you know you can do it. If you went to a ballet studio (laughs) and you saw a girl lift her leg over her head, there's no way you would be, because you're like, no, I have no evidence in my life that I can move like that. Like, why would I even try it? But day after day, you're going to try because, you know, like this is this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be a ballerina. I don't know. This is a really bad example. But like, as soon as we, like, if we think we have the ability or we see someone else and we know like coming into this, Oh, I can do this because I'm athletic. Then I can achieve it. So like, if I see that Jesus has set this example and lived it out for me and that he's called me into this and brought me into a new life, I don't enter my day thinking this is impossible for me. Hmm. I enter it being like, he did it. I just have to live it like I am capable of it because he says so. I am good because he says so. I am love because he says so. I no longer hurt people because like my heart is good. If I do hurt someone, he's going to work it all together for good and he's going to bring healing because he says so. This is who I, who he is. He's begun a good work in me. He's going to be faithful to complete it. Like I live in who who I am and I believe it different. So, I think short I used to live focused on myself and how Christ would look at me. And now I, I only live focused on what, who Christ is and what he does.
1: It's almost like you've been given the freedom to believe what the Bible says about you.
3: Yeah. Somebody gave and you not- the
1: freedom. Go ahead.
3: Yeah. Well, Jesus.
1: Yeah. And it's because
3: So I think we- it,
1: it's Ephesians two. It's, it's like you have it.
3: Yeah. Ephesians it me. I love Ephesians 1 and 2 so much. I've literally, you guys talk about Romans and Hebrews, and I'm like, why would you leave Ephesians 1 and 2? Like, oh, Let me stay here for a couple more years. Like, I love it so much. Everything else is a repeat. Like, I don't know. I just love the way it's worded.
1: Well, everybody that rolls with us has Ephesians 1, 3 through 6, like, tattooed on their like, mind. Memorized. memorized. Right. Yeah. I, it's just because it's it's so crazy but here's here's the thing about you you're different you 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 are really different, and i I I'm mentioned free. this to Natalie the other day. I was like when I texted Lauren about doing a podcast, she responded in a way that old Lauren wouldn't have responded, and I can just tell.
3: How, will, oh. how would old Lauren have responded?
1: Self-deprecating. Um, um. Not believing that you have something to add, but in pride, believing that you had something to add, but you have to act <laughs> like you don't have something to add first. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just like, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, let's go. Yeah. I was like, Let's go, um the second guessing of yourself,
3: yeah, all the time, yeah,
1: all the time, second guessing the the having to prove everything, like that's not you anymore, and
3: do you know how nice that is? Oh, I love it so much, not
1: having to defend yourself.
3: Not Having to defend myself, not having to prove myself, not having to other people or to God, like not having to second guess things like, did I do enough? Should I have done more? Um, did I do too much? Did I say too much? Did I, whatever, like never, like there's so much peace, like for years, God has been telling me relax and like, I'll go to bed. And I'm like, anything that I did today, like I give it to you, you worked in and through me. So I can go to bed knowing that anything I did was what you told me to do. And I can just go to sleep because you're God and you're good. And you did as much or as little as you needed. You're great. So like living in that peace, not just in my mind, but like, I mean, it is in my mind. And it's all the time. All the time. It's almost like, like when it sneaks in, I'm like, oh, that's uncomfortable. I don't like that. I'm good. Get out.
1: <laughs> it, it's almost like guilt, condemnation and shame has been appropriately uh you you've seen where that's come from now it's like oh yeah. now i realize where that was coming from that wasn't coming from the spirit like the spirit is revealing to me my righteousness and the spirit is revealing to the yes. world in their sin but to me it's my righteousness why because i believe and because we Ha- believed. Now we're loyal That's another word for trust yeah. In John 3.16 It's if you believe And everyone wants to throw the Well even the, the evil angels believe Or even Satan believes So what does it really mean? It means trust And trust is loyalty Like we're loyal mm-hmm. Because we're his divine counsel on earth we're loyal because we're in covenant with him. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit. That's why we trust slash are loyal to him. And you're different because of it. Um, mm-hmm. I love it. Um, because it's you knew, you that. know the old me and I knew the old you. And it's cool. And I'll let you I just cut you off. But it's awesome when like Tyler and I will joke about it all the time. And Morgan and I will joke about it all the time. Like Morgan, you were, you were crazy. And she's like, ha ha ha. I know. (laughs) And, Uh. and, And you weren't crazy, but you were in this thing and now you're not.
3: Yeah. And I think, I think that, um, God's bringing something to me now, like teacher, preacher. That's what he's (laughs) like made me, um, my experience in hearing like, um, the love reality tour when they preach on the prodigal son and all that, um, loved it, was blessed by it, but my identity and the son part didn't click on that story. Mm -hmm. Um, and so just to like, end this, this is, I'm just going to preach for a little bit. So I was at, um Union College and the pastor there, Harold, um, he's speaking about David. And when David became king, um, you know, Jewish, like when anyone would become king, you get rid of dissenters. That's what you do. You get rid of those that have wronged you. And one of his first acts is to ask his commander Is there anyone left of Saul or Jonathan's line that I can um like repay? So his little servant's like, oh, yeah, I know what you mean, buddy. Like, repay, let's get out anyone that may stand in line of you and God's called for you to the throne. So they said, yeah, there's this crippled kid that's Jonathan's son. Um, He's still alive. And so David's like, bring him in here. And the crippled kid, whose name happened to be Mephibosheth, um, he comes in and he falls at Jesus' feet, or (laughs) Jesus, wow everyone good as Jesus, but anyway, Relative. um, he falls at David's feet and, and David, like his response to him is like, uh, I gotta find it. We, you can't, you gotta like hear because this is such a story to me of like, um, when you know, like who told you that you were naked, who told you that you were sinful, who told you and put this identity on you. Um, I hate when I have to like, when i know i want to read something but i don't memorize where it is that pause
1: i'm guessing it's in second so, samuel somewhere
3: No, could it be
1: or maybe it's, it's at the end like, of first samuel i'm not sure it's probably at the end of first samuel
3: but i'm i'm going to find it because do it it's in second samuel 4 cool second samuel is one of my favorite books i don't know why it's crazy um okay I don't actually think it's in second (laughs) that's Ishbosheth. whatever okay so Mephibosheth comes um, he falls at David's feet Mm -hmm. and he's like have mercy on me and David's like get up and like you are prince in line to this throne like why have you like fallen and he's putting this crippled identity on himself Uh when he is literally the next in line to the throne and David says, "You're gonna eat with me at my table for the rest of your life.". Mercy. You are going to put this robe on. you're going to be the prince that you were born to be, and like he says like you are Jonathan's son, you're not a crippled kid that is about to be killed like you're you're the son of a prince and of a king, which makes you the prince like you're you haven't run away." Like, to me, I think that was the key. And the prodigal son, he left to be rebellious. I never left to rebel. Hmm. I stayed with God this whole, like I followed him, walked with him. And so that story I think was missing something. But when Mephibosheth came and his identity that was put on him is that he's he's broken, he's damaged, he's a cripple, um, and like his family's all dead, he's abandoned, he has no one left, um, he's in danger, he's worried about everything. And he comes and David's like, no, 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 no. like. I loved your dad. You're my, you're my, like, I'm gonna take care of you. Like, you're my kid. Like, get up at this table. He gives him all this land that's his, like, you know, mm-hmm. rightfully. He pulls him in. He, they eat together. Um. He's part of the, the palace and the new kingdom. And when I heard that story, I was like, oh, oh, I get it. Like, you're pulling me in. Everyone else is trying to tell me what, like, oh, Like you told, who told you, you know, whether it's a citizen of the country that told you this is your worth, you're worth sitting with pigs or eating with pigs or whether you did nothing wrong, but by an accident you fell and you were crippled and like your your grandfather was a mess. So therefore you are like, whether it was something put on you, um, the whole essence in it is that you are a princess or prince and Jesus is just restoring you to your place. Go in and claim it. Like, don't put this on you. I was, okay, like get up. Here's your and then the servant that was like, yeah, I, I'll tell you about this crippled guy. He's like, you and your family are gonna serve him. Like, he's. Do you know who he is? Like, this is Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, son of Saul. Like, prince royalty. By God. Yeah. Royalty. That is when it like clicked in my head. I was like, oh, like more than the the prodigal son. I'm like, oh, I'm a princess.
1: Okay. Yeah, no, seriously, watch out if you believe that you're royalty.
3: (laughs) Watch out.
1: Like, because you might might then start believing that you're God's image on earth. And you might start moving with that authority. And Mm -hmm. then all of the promises, like, I'm not saying do this so these promises can come true. You'll just believe and then then there's no there's nothing that the options are all open now it's yeah. it's unending it's unending so it's no Literally. longer do i have to move to washington now do i have to do do, do i have to now it's like i'm free yeah. to do To to live,
3: to be me, yeah, and what I was made to be, yeah. Like I'm free to actually be what I've always like kind of thought that I was because he's told me, but I never quite believed it. You wanted to believe it, it.
1: yeah. You wanted
3: to. Oh, I wanted, for sure. Who doesn't want to believe the things that are good about them? Okay, this is a really bad movie to quote, (laughs) but it fits. It's Pretty Woman. Okay, (laughs) so. He tells her she's beautiful. She doesn't believe it. And he's like, Why don't you believe this? And she's like, The hard, the bad things are easier to believe. So take the easy way out if you want to, but it's not fun to believe those bad things. See, that's almost like there's but, freedom in believing what God speaks over us.
1: That's so many people's story. Yeah. Is ours. They're now, yeah. Well, I'm thinking of my wife. Before. I'm thinking she was finally free to believe the good things about her were good yeah. and the bad things about her were lies.
3: Were not true.
1: <laughs> and oh, so great. No, it's yeah. For me, my life didn't have to be a struggle anymore. Mm mm-hmm my life was, in my mind, I'm just going to be a struggler. So, yeah. well, before we uh, we get off this thing, is there is there anything else like you feel like something that you realize that you're just like, we need to really get this thing? That is that's been um, been the spirit has been revealing like
4: so many things.
1: Well, what's he
3: revealing? So yesterday he revealed something that I feel like a lot of people need to know. I'm ready. And since your podcast is almost two hours long, almost every single one, and I know I've listened to all two hours of multiple of these podcast, all of them. Someone's going to listen to the very end. Yeah. Okay, so we think that sin, the sin that Jesus conquered on the cross, this is the picture he gave me yesterday, that it is um, lust, um, it is lying, it is, uh, what's the list of these, murder, um, what are these, their actions, right?
1: Yeah, uh, being bad to your parents, for some reason, Paul brings that up in Timothy. (laughs) He's like,
3: being mean to
4: your parents, yeah.
3: Being proud, all of these things. So we lumped this up under capital S I N. Yeah. That's what Jesus took on him. Yesterday, he revealed to me because um, I was in conversation and just like, what do we do with our pain? And I was like, wait a second, I'm pretty sure that's a side effect of sin. And if Jesus took care of sin, then he took care of the effects of sin. Right? And so. Like in that moment, you know, like when you've been talking and like the Holy Spirit just reveals to you as you're speaking like this truth about it. So I'm picturing this giant ball of swirling sins, Mm -hmm. all of them encompassed in this one thing. But now I'm adding to it betrayal, loneliness, um, abandonment, and like, did I say rejection? That's a huge one. Um, Being unworthy all of these feelings that maybe we don't do a lot of bad, like, you know, the few get highlighted because mostly we've been walking, but we still get those emotions or people do things to us. And we carry that around. Like those pains are who we are. Like it creates our worth. So if we've been abandoned or if we haven't been loved by the people who are supposed to love us, we create that to be true about us. I'm unworthy because someone else spoke that over me or this instance. Like if, if bad things happen to me, and it wasn't caused by someone, God could have prevented it. So that means I'm not good enough for him because he allowed these things to happen. And now I'm not worthy because I'm in pain and he could protect me from that. And so I've been reading a lot and realizing in that moment that this swirling ball of what Jesus took was encompassing all of those those things too. Like He took not just the actions that we're not supposed to do, but the effects of them. And he took them on Himself. Like even in the Garden of Gethsemane, there's so many of those things that he suffered through, so he's feeling like the weight of sin, which means he's feeling these emotions. So in the Garden, he's alone. He brings his besties right, right up with him, but the only one he really needs is God, his Father. That's he goes away to pray. That's his life. You know, he spends that quiet time, that secret place time with his Father. But he goes, and his Father's not responding. Mm. The one you know that closeness that relationship in the moment where he's begging god to reveal himself and tell him if what he knows to be true is actually true everything that he's read about his identity and his purpose on earth is this really what i have to do is this the cup it's too great like give me some like confirmation mm. help me know for sure that what i've read is true about me mm. and they're silent and there's no answer for the first time probably ever that we know of from scripture, he's sitting there and there's silence because the full weight of everything, like he suffered silence from his father too. Then he turns around looking for it from his friends maybe, like, let me go see if they're praying with me, let me get encouragement. I'm feeling all these things, not just actions, because he never actually did anything bad. He just he bore the weight of sin. He goes back and his best friends are sleeping. He goes and prays again. He does it three times. At the end of that, as he's taking on rejection, loneliness, abandonment, all of this stuff, the emotions with sin, he said, like to himself, he chooses to believe that he is the son of God, that his purpose was to come and die, that even though God hasn't spoken at that moment and he doesn't feel that confirmation, that is the truth about him. And he walks out of that garden and he walks right into. Golgotha Hmm. believing it about him no matter what anyone else said and I was like oh my goodness like he bore our shame he bore our I mean they spit on him he took that he took that so we don't have to not just like the actions like he lived a good life so we can live a good life but he bore like that pain and he doesn't just hang on to it like I got your shame like hand it over no he like died and he was resurrected in a new life and so were we We don't bear those things. They don't need to speak truth over us. In those moments when we're looking everywhere else for confirmation of who we are, that we are princes and princesses, that we're one with Christ. That's what God says. If no one else is saying it, and even God is silent in those moments. I've heard so many students or me, like where you're crying flat out. You're like, God, just prove to me right now. Can't you just speak? Give me some sort of sign. And he's silent. He was silent for Jesus too. It didn't stop him from believing what was already said, what he already knew to be true. And he got up and he walked in that belief.
1: That's crazy. It's, it's almost like each one of us are dealing with, or we're dealing with our own thing.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's all covered by Jesus because he's experienced it all. So yeah. to the Gentiles, Paul's not preaching about unbelief to the Gentiles. He's preaching about sexual immorality, idol worship, righteousness. righteousness. He's like, you're righteous, be righteous. Yeah. The writer of Hebrews is not preaching to them about sexual immorality and idol worship. Why? Mm. That was not their thing. What was their thing? <laughs> They're the Jews. They didn't even walk 40 steps on Sabbath. They are not dealing with, with sexual immorality. What are they dealing with? Unbelief. Wanting to go back to the sacrificial system of bulls and goats. And so we get to Hebrews chapter 10, and the writer says, there's no sacrifice for willful sin. And you're just like, what's he talking about, man? That's heavy. No sacrifice. I thought thought we were good. I thought he would never cast us out. But he's talking to this group of people that wanna go back. And Peter in Second Peter, he's like, listen, if you get this goodness, this spirit, and then you turn away from it, it's better that you never would have gotten it in the first place. Mm. And yeah, so to so, like to some people they'll listen to Tyler's podcast and it's gonna hit them. They're like, man, porn is a thing that I was struggling with. And then mm-hmm. Some people hear and they're like, that's a cool story, bro. Like, that's not my experience at all. My experience is that yeah. I think, like, my life, like, I'm not enough. I'm not enough of a, a sister or wife, mother. Uh, there's marks been put on me by this relationship or that relationship. And Jesus is like, I've experienced all of it, and by my stripes, you are healed. Every single thing, you have not experienced anything that I have not experienced myself. That's why my death covered it all. So the unbelief covered it.
4: Yeah.
3: It's so crazy because as I share with other adult women, the, that is the hang up. Like, wait, so what do I have to do? I'm like, you don't have to do anything. The righteous live by what? Faith. So what do I got to do? Believe that's faith. What does that look like? <laughs> like it's well, who are you? Okay, I'm. I am a daughter of God. He's pleased with me. He loves me. I don't have to do anything. Speak it. Believe it. It's crazy because like looks God like Sabbath like all the time. It
1: looks like Sabbath. It looks like entering into His rest. What do I got to do? Sabbath. Stop. Rest.
3: Relax. Yeah. Put on the robe of righteousness. Yeah. It's crazy. One thing that's really like, you know, what you said about Tyler, like some people resonating with certain stories. I think we can all resonate with a certain struggle or something that we um, get to a point where we don't think God is going to heal it on earth. Hmm. And we think that it's impossible. I've prayed so much for this. I don't believe anymore that it's possible. And this is what I have to live with. Hmm. Um, for so we can resonate like all of us have that thing that we don't think God is going to conquer. Like God is not going to take away my pain. More pain just keeps coming. Mm. Like, or, you know, it could be that emotion. It could be betrayal for me. It was my relationship with my mom Mm. has always been very like tense and uncomfortable for me. Um, And I got to the point, even though I would be like, love her, love her, love her. Like I got to the point where I was like, okay, like he's, He's just not gonna heal it like I'm not gonna have that and um you know entering into this like God has everything and like my mom is entering into that um I'm no longer worried about if she snaps at me or whatever and it's not because she has freedom it's because I'm free to like believe good things about myself not like how my actions affect her mm. or make her mad or affect whatever and it's crazy because this week I called her I hardly ever want to talk on the phone. This is my limit for the next three months. Um, <laughs>
1: Sorry, if you want to hear me, watch the, to listen to the podcast. About. I'm not going to talk anymore.
3: <laughs> yeah, if you want to catch up, I'm hit the podcast. But um, the other day, I had a couple of minutes and I just felt like calling someone and just connecting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, who am I going to call? I was like, I'm going to call my mom. And I was like, what the? Like, <laughs> so I call her and she's like, hey, I'm like, what you doing? And she's like, oh, getting whatever, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, what do you need? And I was like, nothing isn't that weird she was like um that's very weird (laughs) and we both she's like okay well it's like well I I just wanted to like catch up isn't it crazy like mom god fixed it and she was like huh huh like literally she didn't say anything except for like well huh (laughs) like maybe it was fixed for her before but it hadn't really been like for me and now I'm just like calling. I mean, she knows I don't like to talk on the phone, but to just call her out of the blue for a couple minutes, that's insane. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. If he really, um, if there's nothing that's impossible to him and he wants to give us good things. So yeah, prayer's different now. Like the assumption yeah, going sure. in is that he's going to answer. Like,
3: yeah, I have a couple of things that I've always been worried that we're never going to get fixed and never going to get better. If we believe that God can't or won't heal them, then we like there's avenues for Satan to come in and kind of distract us or take us away or lose hope about them. And I have a couple, and I'm like, no, God is going to do this. Hmm. Like, and I speak it like, God, you will heal. You are opening doors, you are planting seeds. You are, um, like, I can't wait to see the manifestation. And then you hang on to those, like, those moments that are, and, like, you just keep all day long as you just, like, holding out your hands as God's, like, revealing old things, like this thing with my mom and, like, just calling her. I'm like, what? That's so cool. What? Like, never thought.
1: I still, I said this to Natalie the other day. I don't know how to pray and even in the bible it's just like if you don't know how to pray that's fine like he'll make up for it yeah. that's not verbatim obviously <laughs> but it's not but it says like if you don't know just just do it and the spirit will make it so what i've actually been doing recently is praying for things that i actually want like that i actually want because before
4: I, like,
1: I wouldn't pray for those things because I'm like, oh, God's going to be like, man, Rich, you selfish. But I know my heart and he knows my heart because he gave me a new one. And while I'm praying for the things. That...
3: No, it's not. Go ahead. Your wants are God's wants in you. Yeah. So when you're speaking, it's crazy because I heard a sermon years ago where he said, like, we pray for the things we think they should be but like God is with us. Just ask him, what should I pray about this situation? Because if you're in agreement and you're praying and what he already wants to happen, boom, like you're working in tandem with God and like nothing will be impossible for you. Mm. It's crazy. I same. I've been struggling. I've always struggled with, with prayer. I love just talking to God, but when I'm praying for things, um, Ephesians, <laughs> Ephesians, you know, mm-hmm. um, it has a, prayer. um, Eddie sent me it like today where it was like, I, I, that's where I went to a couple weeks ago, even with prayer. Like I just looked at it and it was like, I pray that you will grow in spiritual wisdom and that the favor, like the things that it lists, I was like, Oh, this is what I'm supposed to pray for, for people. Okay. I'm like, I'll just pray that.
1: Yeah. Paul prayed the Psalms and changed them to be about Jesus. He's just like He knew the Psalms Because he's Paul And he knows the whole Torah The whole prophets All that stuff And so he would pray the old prayers And just change them to that They include Jesus And so Yeah Prayers now It's just different Because I believe in it And I'm not going to be shook on how he answers, because I know he is going you to know, answer. I feel
3: like we're not like, doing a podcast anymore. We're just talking like, <laughs> about the revelation. Like, this is just uh, me and my brother Richard yeah. talking. That's so, awesome. So I used to feel a little bit guilty, a little bit. I would feel guilt about the pray without ceasing, uh-huh. that verse. Sure. Because I was like, oh, I should be constantly like thinking about prayer and being poured into it but like something I was thinking the other day is that if we are one with God, Oh no, actually it's not just the other day. I was just like putting words to it, but it's been the last couple of years. Cause I would be like, God, I haven't spent time with you. And he's like, Lauren, I dwell with you. Mm. You're talking to me all the time. And I was like, Oh yeah, like we're good. But I hadn't been doing the actions that normal Christians say you should be doing in order to get the the box checked off for praying without ceasing or, you know, your devotions or whatever. I was like, wait, this is a constant reality that we're constantly speaking. He's like, yeah, it's like,
1: it's almost like I just think it and it happens. Like, for example, huh. the other day I wanted to talk to this dude because he and his girl broke up and I knew he was trapped in some stuff because of the reasons why they broke up and it, and it was super messy. And I don't have this dude's phone number at all. And I was just like. I want to talk to this dude. Less than 24 hours later, he messages me. And I was just like, man, God, you're crazy. And in a good way, I'm not blaspheming. And literally, he messaged me about something and I was like, we're going to need to catch up, bro. Send me your number. And we spoke for three hours the next night. And then the other day, I was like, I need to talk to this person. And I called somebody thinking that when I got off the phone, I was going to talk to this person. And that person called me in the middle of the phone call. And it's just, yeah, like these thoughts, they're not random that are coming into your head. And if, I mean, obviously if it's coming from the enemy, pay no attention, but I just, like I'm connected with the spirit and I'm listening for it. And so it just is crazy.
3: What you just said about like the enemies like the enemy's thoughts or whatever. Um to me like anytime I know like I'm communing with God and abiding in him all the time the way I know that it's not is when I'm uncomfortable. Hmm. It's weird, but if something makes me uncomfortable because I have a new heart and I live with him that discomfort is pointing to a lie that's or something that's trying to attack my comfort and my safety and my rest in him so like um and there's like i mean we're not not under attack like there's constantly these little thoughts and whatever like these
1: former patterns of how like, we used to
4: think so for example
3: yeah so um kind of similar with the love thing um if i like i want to share who god is with people that's part that's me. Um, so when I hear of like you or, um, Tyler or whatever, or Eddie, like literally is on the phone all the time. Um, I'm like, man, I need to be like calling. Like when these people come to my mind, I need to be calling them if I'm not doing it. So this is the uncomfortable. I'll get uncomfortable because it's shame. Hmm. Like I'm not doing enough. I should be sharing this all the time. I should be. Oh, I hate that should word. Like should. I'm living in newness. I should have this excitement that makes me uncomfortable because it brings, I'm like, why am I uncomfortable? Oh, that's shame. That's not part of who I am. So what's the lie? The, Oh, my earbuds are dying. Um, can you still hear me? Yeah, you're good. Just one died. You're only in this year. <laughs> um, so the, the lie is like, I'm not, you guys are both extroverts. Like, like, if, God, if there's a moment for me to talk on the phone, I'm going to talk on the phone. But, like, God's going to minister through me in different ways that fit with who I am. I don't need to be ashamed. So, like, that shame will creep in. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm living by God. I'm not doing anything wrong. But throw it out. Keep living in one and peace and rest with Him.
2: I We make it to the moon It's too late, can stop it, it's a boom No, I can't, wait till you approve I got people with me on the other side Spirit on me too bright, I see they trying to ride Coming out for the night, yeah, they that come alive Coming out for the fight, yeah, we stay alive We stay alive, Hey Ayy, ayy, hey. hey, Put your hands down Hey, we ain't coming questions, yeah, we bend down Creed, I am a Donis, wash the hands now We're from thinking broke to living rich now Hey, bustin' with the tools, you watch me slide now And hey, she look kinda bougie, and she bad now Hey, mama think I made it, is she proud now? Hey, hey. I'm a prince, that's that's Rakeem, 23, check the rings, FOG on my feet, on my soul, Jesus Christ set me free, uh. only motivation on me now is heavenly, lot of people trying to drain me of this energy, I talked to God, told me people's not my enemies, I'm cutting ties with the spirits trying to play with me. Go shoot, Case I say we make it to the moon. It's too late can stop it it's a boom. No I, I can't I wait till you approve. I got people with me on the other side. spirit on me too bright I see they tryna ride. Coming out for the night yeah this that come alive. Coming out for the fight yeah we stay alive. We stay alive. Hey.